All right, our theme for this year is start. Start. I hope that you've been thinking about that. What are you going to need to start? And we need to start again. And we need to start again and again. There's many aspects of this we've been talking about. Throughout this year, we're hoping that God will just lay on our hearts messages throughout the year to help us to start and progress in the Lord and our spiritual journey. Hope you picked up a message, fill in. As you came in, follow along with us and take these truths home with you. The topic of the message this morning is start praising God. Start praising God. Now, I don't know what you might have thought about when I said that. You might have thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> there were, in your spirit, if not outwardly, there was sort of like a, a step back and crossing your arms like, well, that doesn't affect to me. In fact, me, I mean, I always praise God. I, you know, start praising God. I mean, I haven't been praising God. I just want you to know, and I hope by the end of this message, you will be, have a new idea of what it means to praise God. You may realize, you know what? I haven't been praising God. And I'm trusting that all of us will have a thought of, I need to start praising God. Because here's your first point. Praising God is more important and more relevant than you realize. It's more important than you think it is. And it's more relevant to your life. Luke 19.40 says, But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Jesus is entering Jerusalem. The crowds are shouting and proclaiming him. And uh, the Pharisees said, you know, this is too much a commotion. This is getting emotional. He said, tell your disciples to calm down. And Jesus responded, said, if these should be silent, the stones would immediately cry out. I don't know whether we realize how incumbent it is that God receives praise. It's not just a nice thing to do. We should do it. We'd honor God if we did. This is something that if these people didn't worship him at that time, the Lord said, you know what? The stones would even cry out. That is the need. That is how important it is that God receives the praise and the worship that he deserves. Psalm 150 and verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you breathing this morning? If you're breathing this morning, this message is for you. This is particularly for you. This is not for a neighbor. It's not someone else. You know, maybe hopefully I'll get a message next week that's for me. No, this message is for you. If you're breathing. If you have breath... We are told we need to praise the Lord. Now, when I was thinking about the title of this message, I thought of entitling it, Let's Start Worshiping God. And that would be appropriate too, because praise is a part of worship. But worship is more encompassing. Worship encompasses more than music, more than singing, more than expression. That way. Worship is our whole life 
is to be a worship to the Lord. When Abraham went to offer Isaac as a sacrifice to the Lord, he told his servant, stay here. But the lad and I are going up and we're going to worship. There is an expression of worship in everything we do that's so all-encompassing. But praise is a little more narrow. It narrows it down to an expression of thankfulness and gratitude for the attributes of someone at that moment and their actions. And so praise is more specific. We praise God, but it's also praising him for a, a part of his nature, who he is, and for what he has done. And I tell you, God created this whole world. And he said, if you got breath, you need to praise God. And if the people that have breath don't praise God, you know what? The rest of creation would just cry out and praise God because it's so important. So I want you to see this message that I'm sharing this morning is for each and every one of us. It's important. It's relevant to you. You need to hear this message And you need to take into account what God is saying to us. There's two qualifications to start praising. Two qualifications. Two conditions for your praise to be acceptable to the Lord. Many times what we're doing, we might say, I praise the Lord. And God says, "Mm, no, no, you didn't. Because you didn't meet the conditions. Bible tells us there's certain uh, people that he's looking to that will praise him. And it's found in John 4, 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And if you read the verses around this, it says, for thus, for thus the Lord is seeking those to worship him. He wants people, true worshipers, true praisers, worship in spirit and in truth. Well, what does that mean? So let's see if we, we meet the, the conditions. You're to worship in spirit. What does that mean? Sincerely from your heart. You're not doing it just for outward show. You're not just going through the motions. You're not doing something and and your heart's not really engaged. Your mind's drifting. It's going in different directions. Worship and praise to be acceptable, acceptable to the Lord must originate in your spirit. It starts in your spirit. See, we can sing and you can sing songs from your lips. Your lips out. You're just singing the melody. You're singing the song. What is that before the Lord? Well, we're singing a song. It's not praise. You might be saying good things about God, but it's not praise yet. Because if you're going to worship the Lord, it's got to go something deeper. Well, what if you just sort of got emotional? Because you like that. You like the riff in the song, and you just like how that goes, and you're just being stirred emotionally. And so it's coming from your emotion, and it's coming from your Lips, is that praise? No. You can feel good about it, but God's looking through it all and he said, where's where's it coming from? Where's it originating from? It has to originate from our spirit, 
from deep inside, the reality of who you are. This is an expression. See, songs that we sing on Sunday move to worship and praise when we engage our spirit. When it starts from inside and you realize, yes, you know it, it resonates inside. And you say, that's how I feel. And so as you feel it in your spirit, it stirs your emotions. And there's nothing wrong with emotions being stirred if they're starting it with the spirit. And so it moves from your spirit to your emotion, to your voice and outward expressions. But for it to really to be praised, it has to start with your spirit. And so we might leave a place saying, boy, we really, we really praise God today. And God says, no, no, that wasn't praise. Because it didn't start from the Spirit. Listen to what it says in Isaiah chapter 1 in the Old Testament. Israel, God speaks to Israel, a group of people that were to praise and worship him. And he writes to them in Isaiah chapter 1. And I'll just... Picking the portions out here, it's in your notes. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. I want no more of your pious meetings. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. So Israel was going through all these outward motion, motions, and the Lord says, you worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. And so he says, I'm going to shun that because it's not truly praise. You're going through something outward. And God says, I'm not just interested in the outward. In other words, God is not uh, interested in religious practice. And outward things. If our heart's not engaged. Now, if your heart is engaged, any outward expression is acceptable if it's coming from your spirit. And sometimes, I was raised in a Pentecostal church. We were quite expressive and very similar to what, how we worship here. I mean, it was sort of free flow and everything. We didn't have very much ceremony. And some people might have looked down at liturgical churches. Well, they're just dry. Well, not necessarily. If their hearts are with it. I remember years ago, way back when we first started the church, we couldn't meet Sunday morning. We were renting a facility that we could only use in the afternoon. And one Easter morning, Kay and I went to St. Peter's Lutheran Church downtown. First time I'd really been in a liturgical church. And it was Easter. And I remember how I felt standing there and the trumpets blared at the introduction. Uh, There was a, a carrying of of flags down the aisle. There is triumphant uh, manner of he is risen. The Lord is risen. And I, I stood, I'd never really seen that before. I stood there and tears started coming down my eyes and appreciation for God and the resurrection and all that had happened. You see, it's not in the outward things. My, my spirit was engaging in what was happening and I felt deeply moved. Now, here's the thing. I do, I do remember looking around at others, and they were just sort of standing there. And I thought to myself, I guess they're used to this. This is not new to them. 
And they were just sort of going through the motions. See, it's not in the outward things. It's in the heart. It's in the spirit. Are you, are, is your spirit engaged in this? Because the Lord says, if it's not, I'm not going to listen. Now, so it's in spirit, but there's a second condition. That it's in truth. You must worship me in spirit and in truth. Now, what's this word truth? It's, it's a Greek word, aletheia. And it just simply means this, to be conformed to what is true, to be authentic, outward, not concealed. So worship starts in the spirit, but it is expressed some way. There's an outward expression of it. There's a means to let it out. Uh, it's, It's not worship if it's just in my heart and stays in my heart. Praise becomes acceptable to the Lord when it starts in the spirit, but then it is expressed in some kind of outward way. It's got to be real. There's a, there's a sacrifice in it. The Bible says, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips. My, what's the fruit of my lips? Words. And so I, I have to engage my lips for there to be a sacrifice, and many times it's a sacrifice because my lips don't always want to do it. And, and I'd rather just sort of be back. But my spirit is prompting and stirring in me, and so as my spirit is stirred, it comes out, and there's some kind of expression, real and outward expression, not concealed, but an authentic expression to God. Now that is praise. Those are the two conditions. To do it from your heart, and to do it in reality. Now here's another some verses that speak to this. Psalm 149. Verses 1 and 5 and 6. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. So singing can be an expression of your spirit. A praise. Sing his praises in the assembly of the faithful. So as we gather together in the assembly. We're to sing Praise. Let them sing for joy. So the Spirit is also prompting an expression of joy. An emotion of joy that comes out as I'm expressing it. Let the praises of God be in their mouths. So again, praises are expressed in a real way from our mouth. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary, where we're gathered together here in this sanctuary is an expression of this. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. That's stringed instruments. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Even electronic cymbals. All of these are an expression of praise to the Lord. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the singers here that are leading us, the praise 
isn't praised if they just sing us sing songs. And the musicians that are playing, it's not praised if it's only playing the song. What transforms it is that the singers are singing from their spirit. Something is moving in them. The spirit is coming up through their expression of emotion and outward. Musicians are playing, but it's not just playing an instrument. Anybody can play an instrument. You'd be in the world and play an instrument better than we play here many times. What makes it praise? What makes it worship? The spirit is engaged. I was watching the group this morning. And just as they were leading us in praise. And I looked at each and every one of them. And I could see the praise was coming from their spirit. You could just see it on their faces. In the expression. Playing. Using their instrument. To bring praise to the Lord. To help us to enter into praise. So this is what. It's all about, it's in spirit, but it's in a real outward way. Now, why, should, why is this so important? Here's the next point. Praising God with others draws his presence and power. There's a benefit to God, and he receives it. When it's coming from our spirit. Because God is a spirit. And the only thing that reaches God's spirit. Is our spirit engaged. And our spirit is carried. By the means of these expressions to God. So there is the expression. That's worth to God. But listen. It's worthwhile to ourselves. Listen to what it says here. In Matthew 18.20. For where two or three have gathered together. In my name. I am there in their midst. When we gather together in this place, in the name of the Lord, it says he's in the midst of us. Well, wasn't he with us when we drove here in the car? Wasn't he with you this morning when you got up? Yes, he is. God is everywhere present. But this scripture says, when you gather together in my name... There's a special manifestation of my spirit there. My presence is there. There's a manifestation of God's presence. That happens in the midst of us. He's with you. He's with me. He's with the other person. But when we get together, he's in the midst of us. Someone told me after the first service when I was speaking, he said what came to my mind was magnets. He said there is a magnetic field around every magnet. And it has a power. But he said, you put two magnets together and line them up. He said, there's a greater magnetic presence. You add three, four, he said, it gets greater and greater. It multiplies. And I, hadn't, I said to him, I said, that's a great illustration because we don't see it. We don't know the magnetic spiritual force around us. It's around us individually. But something happens when we come together in one place, the spirit begins to increase and becomes greater and greater. Now listen to what it says in Psalm 22, verse 3. 
You are holy, O you who dwell in the holy place where the praises of Israel are offered. God's going to dwell in the midst of people that are praising him. He's actually going to gather in this place. There's nothing about this place that's anything particular, except when we gather in this place and we bring the Spirit of God with each one of us, our spirit is engaged. That which is inside of you is connecting with God's Spirit. And we begin to praise God together. Then collectively, the power gets greater and greater. There's a presence of God that's there. He inhabits the praises of his people. I mean, this is, this is amazing. That's why we get up in the morning and shower and get dressed and come to church. Why are we coming here? Because there's something happens when we come together. When we come into this place, there's a special presence of God that you're not going to have individually. He's with you individually. That's why he says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. There's a great benefit to come together. We may not see it like the magnetic force. We don't see it, but something is happening in the spiritual realm when we come together in one place. Listen to what it says in Acts 1 and verse 2, or Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Jesus had ascended into heaven. He said, go wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. They came to this place. It says they all gathered in one place in one accord. They were united. They had one heart. They had one spirit. They came at the response of God's call. And as they were there in one place, in one accord... And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole place where they were sitting. There appeared unto them tongues of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. At the very birth of the church, it was people united together in one place. God poured out His Spirit in one place in the upper room. Because people were gathered together in his name, at his command, worshiping, praising, believing, and the Holy Spirit indwelt them, and tremendous power came upon them. And that spirit that they had there spread around the whole world. But it started in the upper room, in one place. They were in one accord. Wow. It wasn't just because they were in one place. You get a lot of people in one place to watch a ball game. But they're not gathered in the name of the Lord. They're not unified in heart and spirit and worshiping God. But you put 100,000 Christians into an arena, into a stadium, and let them worship and praise God and have one heart and one mind the Holy Spirit is outpoured. Something happens in the gathering of God's people. There's a special presence of the Lord that's worthwhile and beneficial 
for us to be there in that location. Here's the next point. Praising together in unity commands God's blessing. Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for a brethren to dwell together in unity. For there the Lord commands the blessing, even life forevermore. There is a power of God's life that's commanded when people come together in unity and they're worshiping, praising God. He commands the blessing. Have you been praying? Say, God, bless me. I need you to move here. Lord, I, I, need your, I need your presence in my life. Lord, I have this need. Lord, and you're praying all by yourself. God hears that prayer. But I tell you, you get yourself to a place where God's people are gathered and where they're worshiping and praising God from their spirit and in truth, outwardly, God commands the blessing there. I tell you, when I look back over my life, Times when I felt the Lord's presence the most was not when I was alone. It was when I was in the presence of other people gathered. And and something happened to me. It was like God just commanded a blessing on me. I've heard people tell me I was in the service And during that worship time, as I was praising God, suddenly I just realized, my, my back doesn't hurt anymore. Or that pain I had is gone. And God just commanded a healing to people. Not because they were prayed for, they had the laying on of hands, all that's good and we'll do that. But just because they were in the presence of God worshiping and God commanded a blessing. You can't afford not to be in the presence of God with other people who worship and praise God. Because you're missing a blessing. You're missing what God wants to do in your life. You're maybe missing the answer to your prayer because you're not realizing that the importance of being together with other people in one heart, in one mind, in one accord, in one spirit, outwardly expressing their worship to God. He moves in that situation. It's not that God's not there otherwise. It's just that because we're together, it releases the power of God. Again, I raised up. I was raised in a, in a church where there was a, we, we, and, and, and I'd heard this many times. Boy, there, I'd hear my parents as we drive home in the car. They would say, boy, the spirit was, was really free to move in that service tonight. Well, it was true. People, miracles happened. Things happened. People were delivered. People were set free. People were saved. The spirit was moving. There was no restriction. It's like all the magnet pieces had come together in the presence of God. And it was, we were inspired and energized by God's spirit in the midst of us. I tell you, that's why to this day, Kay and I, we go away. You know, if we at all can, we find a group of people to worship with. And I've been amazed being in different cultures, not understanding language and sitting in a service and entering into the best that we could and sensing the presence of God in that place. Because that's what the scripture tells us. We need to start praising God, folks. 
Not just going through motions. Not just having religious activity. What I'm trying to stir us today is maybe what we thought was praise. Maybe what you thought you were doing was praise. And God's saying, you know what? That's really not praise. You're going through an outward thing, but that's not what I'm after. I, I, need, I want your spirit engaged. I want you to be involved in this. I want you to flow in this. I want the spirit to flow from you to the next person. I want you to be aware that you're in the presence of the Lord. I want everyone engaged. I want you expressing this to the Lord. Now, let's go on and see how this works out in Scripture. Nehemiah chapter 8. Israel had been carried into bondage. They had come back to Jerusalem. They rebuilt the temple. Now they, with Nehemiah, they had built the wall around the city. In Nehemiah chapter 8, they are reinstituting the worship in the temple. Now listen how it words this here. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square. This was a public Meeting everyone. And how many people gathered together? All the people gathered together as one man. They were united in the open square. All the people were attentive to the book of the Lord. How many people? All the people were attentive. There were some people just sort of sitting there daydreaming off somewhere else. They were all attentive to the word of the Lord. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. How many people stood up? Oh, sure, maybe only half. Only the ones that felt like it. No, they were of one heart, one mind. All the people stood up. The word of God was going to be read. It's like we need to lean into this. We We need to leave this. It's like they're all leaning in to hear the word of the Lord being read. Everyone was doing this. Goes on to say... And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. How many people lifted up their hands? All the people. Why? Because they were of one heart and one mind. They were engaged. They, they, they came as one person. They were all saying, amen, amen, not just the extroverts. (laughs) They were all saying, amen, we agree with this. We want this. Amen, amen. They lifted up their hands and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord. And there was very great gladness. That which started in their spirit was coming through their emotions. There was great gladness in the place. Is that how you feel when you come to church? I've had people say, and a few have said it to me, but most don't say it to me. I hear it through other people. And they make a comment like, I didn't get anything out of that service. I was there, but I didn't get anything out of the service. As if... There was something wrong with the service. Never in their mind thinking, maybe it's me. 
Because I would ask that person, when you came into the service from the very beginning, did you engage from your heart and your spirit the songs that were sung? Did you express it in words? Or did you just stand and observe? Watch what was happening. If that be the case, you probably won't get much out of the service. It's when you enter in. It's when you engage from the heart, from the spirit. That's when you join in the flow of this spirit. And I guarantee you, God wanted you to get something out of that service. He would have imparted something to you. And it didn't depend on the quality of either the music or the songs that were selected or how the preacher spoke that day. I tell you, I've gotten things out of messages that the preacher did a pathetic job. Really, when you look at it. (laughs) But God, by his grace, when you're entered in and you're involved and you're listening... God drops something into your heart. He imparts something to you way beyond what you would have gotten. Because, see, it's not the outward things. It's God's spirit that imparts. It's his presence that imparts. Now, does that mean that we don't improve the music? Certainly we'll be improving the music. We want to improve excellence. We want to speak excellently. We want to be able to express God's word in a, in a way that people can hear and receive it. But it's not dependent on those things. It depends on your heart. What you are going to get out of this is depending on whether you have engaged. And so here's what I put in your notes. To get something out of a service, you need to engage. You just have to engage. If you don't engage spiritually, you won't get anything spiritual out of it. You might hear a nice concert. You might learn some uh, things that expressed. But folks, you can get that out of books. There's lots of good quotes out there. Inspiring things. But what transforms the life is the Spirit of God. What brings spiritual life is the Spirit of God. What will make a difference that your life will change is the Spirit of God. And you have to engage in order to receive that. Now, why don't we? Why don't we engage? (laughs) I put this, the reasons most often given in excuse. What are the excuses? Now, let me give you four excuses. I've heard over the life of my pastoring, people have said, this is why I don't engage in the service. Didn't engage in the worship, in the praise. This is why I just stood. And their excuses. Now I remember who remembers Pastor David's message from last week? No excuses. No excuses. We can give all kinds of excuses, but no excuses. Anyway, here's the first one. I'm an introvert. I don't want to be centered out. It's not who I am. It's as if the Lord said that everything that has has breath, praise the Lord, except the introverts. We're going to give them an exemption. They don't have to do this. Now listen, 
We are differently. And there's nothing wrong with being an introvert. I would dare say half of you here are introverts. I mean, we, we have different personality uh, styles and types. And so, yes, worship will vary according to your uh, personality type. But never exempt yourself. Don't believe Satan's lie that says you don't have to open your mouth. You don't need to make any expression. Just feel it on the inside. Well, here's the thing that I found. It's hard to feel it on the inside if you're not acting it out. And I found it much easier to act into a feeling than a feeling to cause an action. Especially one that I, I, you know, it's different and it's new. So we need to stretch ourselves a little bit. We have to move out of a comfort zone that, you know what, I don't feel like that. That's why I said earlier, it's a sacrifice of praise. I have to make my body do some things that may not want to do. But I say, you know what? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Let it praise the Lord. David just sort of had to talk to himself. Maybe he didn't feel like it. And he says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. You don't, come on, get going here. You inside of me, my spirit, my soul, get moving, get thinking. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Whatever's within you, you got to stir it up and say, I'm going to let it out. And it doesn't matter um, whether you feel everyone's looking at you or not. Listen. I remember my parents saying to me, you wouldn't worry about what people thought about you, so much about what people thought about you, if you knew how little they do. (laughs) People aren't looking at you. They're not thinking about you. I mean, we're in a worship service. They're not saying, you know, that person two rows over and two rows in the front, they have their hand up. I mean, they're not thinking. But Satan will make you think that. Satan will put you in a box. He'll try to box you in. He'll say, it's okay to feel it inside, but never express it. You're missing out on something. You're missing out on the flow of the Spirit. You're not, your worship is not acceptable unless it's expressed. Here's the next one, and it's similar. I'm not an emotional person. I don't like to express myself. Wrong. You are an emotional person. You know how I know that? Because you're created in the image of God. And God is an emotional creature. He laughs. He gets angry. God is emotional. We have emotions. What you mean to say is, and and this is what I'd say to you, you are emotional about the things you feel the most about. The things that are important to you are the things you're emotional about. Someone that might stand in a service and say, you know what, I'm not emotional. I, I don't have to express any emotion. You take them to a ball game, and they're, they're, they're watching their team, and they're up, and they're moving their arms, and they're shouting, and they're hoarse when they go home, because they are expressing their emotions because they are excited. You are emotional about the things you are excited about. 
And many times, if we are just honest, we're not so excited about the Lord. We're not so excited about his grace and his mercy and his goodness. We don't have a a sense that I'm looking to God to meet my need. We're not really engaged in worship and praise. You know what? I need these Sundays. I thought about it this morning when I first walked in. Because we're in this world and we're rubbing shoulders with people that are not Christians. And we're dealing with issues and there's problems. And, 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 and false um, negative things put towards us. I tell you, I just need to come into this place where people are worshiping God and expressing their joy. And then realize, you know what? Chains are breaking. I hear that chains breaking. I tell you, something just stirs up within me. It refreshes my soul because I'm expressing to God his truth. And I'm engaged with all these people together. And God's spirit is moving. And he's in the midst of us. And he commands blessings there. And a blessing over here. And a blessing over here. He's commanding those blessings. as where We go out, out filled up and inspired and encouraged. We need this. But it only comes when we start praising. And not just going through an indifferent actions. Here's the next one. I'm not a musical person. I don't have a good voice. Listen, God is not concerned about the quality of your voice as much as the sincerity of your heart. And he's not saying, oh, you know what? That's not acceptable. They missed that note. Or this person can sing a lot better. I think I'll listen to this worship. I won't listen to this one. You know, we know it's foolish to think that way, but we do. We think, you know what? That's for other people that are musical. I'm not musical. So we don't engage and we miss out on the blessing of God. You need to just press through all that and say, you know what? I'm going to praise God. Now, listen, I must say, if you know you can't, carry a tune and people have told you, you know what, you, 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 you don't really carry. Most of us know, kids don't know, but you know, you get to adult, you sort of know whether you can carry a tune or not. Listen, no one says you have to be the loudest person that's singing. In fact, I would encourage you to sing quietly. But I would encourage you to sing. Express. Don't rule yourself out. Just have discretion. <laughs> you know, uh, I, you probably don't even notice. But when I'm speaking, I seldom sing the songs. If you were next to me, you would not hear anything. Here's what I'd be going to say. It's the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is with me. I mouth the words. I form the words. You know why? Because I want to worship. And, and someone says, well, I'm not musical at all. Can you read? <laughs> you know, that's the next one. <laughs> I don't know the song or the words. I don't know the song or the words. But you can read. And you can, if you don't know the melody, that's okay. 
Mouth the words, say the words, but say the words with passion. Say them from your heart. Get into the heart of the person that wrote the song, the one that inspired the song. Most songs are inspired by God. And if you connect with the inspiration of the song, you don't even have to sing the melody, but you need to express it in some way. Mouth the words, speak the words, say it with, with, with heart and with expression. It's so important that we do so. Wow. I hope I've inspired you a little bit this morning. I hope right now you're thinking to yourself, I need to start praising God rather than I always praise God. To say, I need to start praising God. I'm going to, every time... I'm going to ask the Lord, am I singing this from my heart and my spirit? And am I entering in? Am I expressing this in some way? Here's the two things I'd say in closing that you need to start today. Number one, start making weekly attendance to church your habit. You need to start making coming to church your habit. You will be blessed. You will be encouraged. You will feel his presence like you will no other way. There will be blessings that will be commanded upon your life because you're in the presence of God. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Come together in the presence of God. Let's sense one another's presence. Let's bring those magnet pieces together. And see what God wants to do. So that's the first thing. You just need to say, you know what? I'm going to be in church. I'm, you know, you've heard me say this so many times. One of the greatest heritages my parents gave us was we never missed church. Always went to church. And I learned to appreciate it. I learned that I was benefited by it. I wasn't always as I grew up engaging. I used to sit up here because I played an instrument and I was part of the orchestra. And I I wasn't a very good musician, but I I would play. And I I was probably a teenager, 14, 15 years of age. And and our church was so expressive. People say, praise God, glory to God. There was always kind of a sort of a wild expression all over. (laughs) And I remember as a teenager sitting there, you know, does God really want this? What is this? What is this? And I remember one time actually getting up from a service and going out and just walking around the block of the church. I'm a teenager. And I'm trying to sort through this. Is this really what it is? Is this what it is? It seems to me just to be a lot of outward stuff. And I felt the Lord say, and, and that, you know, I said the verse already. Let us offer up to God the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips. And God spoke to me. He said, people are giving me the fruit of their lips. They're saying glory to God. They're saying hallelujah. They're saying praise God. They're singing lustily together. They're expressing the fruit of their lips. And he said, that's the worship I'm looking for. I'm a teenager and I'm thinking this. And I made a conscious decision from then. And I walked back into the service and I thought to myself, I'm going to engage. I'm going to sing when they're singing. I'm going to praise God. And those times we had testimony services. And I thought, I'm going to start standing up and giving a testimony to the Lord. I just didn't have much to say, but 
I started to engage. And that's what I'm encouraging you folks to do. Start praising God. Start engaging. Start getting involved. And here's the final one. Start following the worship leader and engage in praise. You know what? We have a worship leader for a reason. They're leading us in worship. When did the people know to stand? Because the worship leader said, that's all stand. How did they know when to bow down? The worship said, that's all bow down. How did they know when to raise their hand? The worship leader said, let's raise our hands to the Lord. They followed the worship leader and the unity of that praise ascended before God and caused a spiritual transaction to happen in the lives of the people that were there. I experienced it personally in my own life as a teenager as I transitioned from being an observer to being a participator. And I encouraged the same for everyone here. And, and folks, stand with me if you will. You know, I, I know I am really stretching some of you. I, I know that I, I'm, I'm calling you to come out of your comfort zone. I, I know that. I know we're different. I'm not trying to put more on you than what the Word of God says. We'll all find our level of participation. So you don't have to do it the way someone else does it. But folks, you have to engage. You have to be there in spirit. And you got to engage with the flow of what's happening. Because when we do, we'll be in one mind, in one accord. And suddenly, the power of God is going to fall upon us. Father, I I just pray that we'll receive this word this morning. Uh, Lord, it's powerful. Lord, we want to start praising you in a way that you receive it, that it's acceptable. You're looking for people to worship you in this way. Lord, may this congregation be united in worship and praise. May, Lord, we ascend into your presence in new and mighty ways. May you do things in and through us, Lord, and and impart upon us blessings and anointings as we worship and praise you together. May we never enter a worship service indifferent any longer, but we will assess and prepare. I'm going to worship in spirit. I'm going to worship in truth. May that be true of all of us here. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.